just like you, Jesus. I want to pray like you. want to love like you. I want to look like you, just like you, Jesus. Welcome to Magnified Word Broadcast with Bishop Chris Quinston Addo, a son of the prophet, Darkie Wood Mills. Teaching the nations with signs, wonders, and prophetic manifestations, He's currently the senior pastor of the Captain of Salvation Cathedral, Kaswa Nyinyano Kokraba. Now on today's message. listening and watching. May their lives never remain the same. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you bring us into all truth. May revelation come to us in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Please take your seat. What a beautiful service this morning. The weather is so nice. The whole week has been raining. It's been a lot of experiences. I remember just about three or four days ago, there was this earth tremor. And for those of you who experienced it in your homes, it was almost like Jesus was coming. But I want you to know that don't be afraid. For if you have put your trust in Jesus, nothing is impossible with Him. He will keep you, He will preserve you, He will watch over you. No evil can befall you. Hallelujah. And that is why those of us who have been praying with our prophet, we can, we can actually attest to the fact that God is using him to lead us into our promised land. Hallelujah. This month has been a good month. June. And today is the last Sunday of the month of June. And I've been talking about a particular prophecy the Bible says that the word of God is a sure word of prophecy. And this prophecy is actually written in a book by the prophet Dag Heward Mills, who happens to be our father. And as part of my preaching for the past two weeks or so, you realize that I've been reading portions of the book. And just like our prophet has been reading portions of the final quest to us. Because sometimes it's good to just hear directly from the prophet and I believe that it's been a blessing and today being the last Sunday and the last of preaching from that book 
for this season. I pray that you open your heart and let the word of God bless you. Can I have an amen? You know, Bible says that God said in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, He said that for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. Somebody say amen. amen. But you see, God has good thoughts for us. But there's this evil spirit called Satan and his cohorts, those that work with him. The agenda in their mind is that they will make sure that all things doesn't work for your good. You see, so God's intention for you to have an expected end, Satan's intention for you to have a very bad end. And it is the reason why Satan will do everything possible to fight you because he can see that God has a good mind about you. So when you look through the Bible, there were people who were very special to God and they were the people that Satan would do everything to just eliminate them. Satan has different names. One of the names that he has is called the father of lies. He's called a murderer. He's called a tempter. It's called what else? What do you think? It's called what? The accuser of the brethren. You see, and, and that is where I want us to look at. Why would he, you see, when he comes to attack us, he comes sometimes as a deceiver, he comes sometimes as a father of lies, he comes sometimes as a murderer, as a tempter. He will use all those things. If he can get you, fine. But if he's not able to get you, it's almost like then he will bring his final calor. The, the, the weapon or the, the dress that when he wears, no matter who you are, he will bring you down. And that dress is what makes we call him the accuser of the brethren. Can you imagine that when Jesus came on this earth, Satan did everything to just finish Jesus. Right from when he was a baby. But he couldn't. He tried to tempt him. He tried to eliminate him by murder. Jesus will escape. But when he came to the time when Satan said, this time I'm going to put on my garb or my cloak as an accuser of the brethren. Bible teaches us that within one week, Jesus was gone. He used his position as an accuser of the brethren to eliminate Jesus. And so when Satan begins to mark you and realizes that this guy is a torment to my kingdom, then he begins to wear the accuser of the brethren's cloak. But this morning I'm here to encourage you that as we keep learning these things and then we begin to know how Satan's agenda works, we also avoid his tricks. We can block him. We can cast him down. Are you understanding me? You know, Bible says, let's look at uh, Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 to 11. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 to 11. Oh, God bless you. Hmm. Satan thought he had finished. But Bible says, verse 9, is that, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. So he's called a deceiver. You know, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation. So I taught you that. If accusation is, then salvation is not. So anywhere there's accusation, there cannot be salvation. 
when you cast out accusation, you cast out the accuser of the brethren, you cast out the accuser, Bible says that then now is come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of God, and the power of his Christ. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Bible says that for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. You know, there's this, there's this great man of God who is called Joshua. He's a priest. And Bible says that, you know, Satan had tried all that he could to eliminate this priest. That is why most people who are actually impacting lives are the people that Satan comes as an accuser of the brethren to get them. So these days where there is freedom of speech, you see on Facebook, you see on all the social medias, you see people who are attacking men of God. There are even people who pick up on my own father in the ministry, a genuine man of God, proving to be genuine over all these years, and then start talking about him. I said, look at this. Just this week, I saw another, um, whatever, somebody has picked up on uh, Bishop Ajinasar. I said, genuine man of God. I mean, these are the people that Satan wants to attack. And so in Zechariah chapter 3, look at this true encounter that happened. And then based on that, we are going to enter into today's message in detail. Hallelujah. Hmm. Call your brother, your sister, and tell him or her that the bishop has started preaching. Today I'm preaching for a very short time. And I believe that God is going to bless you. Bible says that, I want to read from the NLT, NLT, New Living Translation. Bible says that, then the angel who had been talking with me returned and woke me as though I had been asleep. Hmm. Then the angel showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Joshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations. Today, I stand here as God's servant and I declare that God is rejecting every accusation against you. Hallelujah. Satan, yes, the Lord, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebukes you. Take note of this statement. Rebukes you. So God didn't say, I accuse you, Satan. He said, I rebuke you. As in Satan's words is, I accuse you. But God's words is, I rebuke you. Take note of these two words. So you see, I'm going to, I'm going to show you that if you are somebody who begins to accuse people, then you have come to the side of Satan. Because children of God, we don't use the word accuse, we use the word rebuke. So God said, I rebuke you. Hmm. Satan, yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. That means that he's, he's like somebody who has gone through a lot of things. Yes, it is true. You know, most of you have gone through a lot of experiences. Most of you have gone through sometimes temptations and sins that if Satan was to come against you, like the psalmist said, if you were to mark a transgression, who shall stand? I tell you, we all have faults. We all have things that we have done that sometimes if we were to, if we were to come up, it wouldn't be easy for us. He says that. And this 
Joshua, this is what God is saying. Joshua is a man like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. The Bible said in verse 3, Joshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. I don't know if it's happened to you before. When you, you have been, you have been, you have been talked about so much that you, you, you can't even lift your hair. I've been there before. Can you imagine when you are being accused of something that is not true? So the angel said to the others standing there, Take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Joshua, he said, See, I have taken away your sins, and now I am giving you this fine new clothes. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Then I said, They should also place a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. That means that they decided, God decided to redress Joshua. This morning, my prayer is that as I keep teaching you the word of God, even if Satan has been accusing you all these years, I believe that God is sending angels to redress you. Some of you, your, your spiritual dress is dirty. You don't even believe in yourself. But as you keep hearing the words of comfort, as you keep hearing the word that cleans you up, I believe that God is dressing you again. Look, he was dressing Joshua to be like a bishop. He was putting on his mitre. He tied his head with a turban. Hey! Hmm. Verse 6. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to Joshua and said, This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. If you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you will be given authority over my temple and its courtyards. And I will let you walk among these others standing here. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now you see, what is happening is that when Satan comes and he has a reason to accuse you, then it's a mistake. You see, there are times that believers also allow Satan to have a cause. As the Bible says that Jesus said, if the enemy comes, he will find nothing in me. Is he an apostle Paul said to the church that give the devil no foothold or give him no place? Is it so? So Satan is already seeking to accuse you. Don't give him a place. Is it so? That is why when this woman who was caught in adultery was brought by these guys who were already adulterous but they wanted to prove a point. Jesus said, Bible said, Jesus stooped and then he began to write something on the ground. And he said, whoever has not sinned before should take the first stone. But you see, after the people had left and gone, and Jesus had an encounter to talk to the adulterous woman, he said, I do not accuse you. He said, I do not condemn you. Accusation actually comes in the form of condemnation. He said, I do not condemn you. But he said, that go and sin no more. This is what he was saying to Joshua. Joshua, as I have put on a new cloak on you, try not to go there. Try not to go back to the things that will give Satan a platform for him to stand on and accuse you. And today I'm starting by saying that we should not give the devil any place for him to have a purpose and a basis to accuse you. Are you understanding me? Don't, don't steal toffee. If you steal toffee 
Eh, toffee that does not belong to you. If you stole the toffee and truly we got to know that you stole the toffee. We, it will not be surprising we hear that you stole one million. That is why if we see you looking through a door at a lady as she was bathing and we caught you, we will not, we will not doubt if the accuser is accusing you that you have gone to fornicate. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. One day I went to visit a man and his wife with my wife. When we got there in the evening, they didn't know we were coming. So we just go. Oh, Hannah, that means who are you? And we said, it is. And then we mentioned her names. So they just came and the wife opened the door. When they opened the door, the man was in the living room behind his laptop. He said, oh, Reverend. This is about some years ago. Reverend. I said, wow. So I decided to, they gave us a seat. But I felt like, oh, let me just get close to this man and just see what he's doing on the laptop. Do you know when I got there, there was pornography. I mean, a man of God. And I think he had put, he has told, he had told the laptop to go, go. Pornography, go. But the thing was not going. It was not going. And when I saw it, he just got confused. But you see, it gave a basis for Satan to even accuse him. Because sometimes that's what you've been doing. So some of you, don't use this message to, uh, to, to, to if you want to say, be a basis for misbehaving. Then, these days, we have been taught that don't accuse. We, you, yes, true, you don't have to accuse, but you just don't give the reason for accusation. Are you understanding me? Hmm. I think it was very necessary for somebody. So today, I want to talk about the employees of the accuser. Because you see, anybody who starts a company will need some people to work with. Anybody who starts an institution, if you start a school, you need a headmaster, you need teachers who are going to teach, you need a cook, you need a cleaner, you need an administrator, you need a, a, a somebody who, whatever. Is it so? You have people you must employ. Oh? Assembly, I mean, cannot touch here. Yeah? So, Satan also has started a school. And the school is called the school of accusation. What a school. And he's the proprietor of the school. Accuser of the bread in the midst of the people. He is. And he said, look, this thing I can't do alone. Because his target is to work, accuse human beings who are living in this body. So if he's going to be successful, then he needs to employ people like these people who work for him. And so, today I want to surprise you a little bit. To let you know that it's not always the case where Satan will come and stand on your shoulder and whisper like he did in the case of Joshua the priest. He wouldn't come always as Satan that you can see, but sometimes he will work through people. So we need to know the kind of people that Satan, the accuser, would always prefer to use. So that you who is listening to me would avoid being one of such. Your amen is weak for a blessing. So I'm giving you 15. And I'll share about three. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) 
Hey. Are you ready? Yeah. Number one, evil men. Evil men. People who are already evil. They are his precious targets he would want to use to accuse. Number two, bitter and unforgiving people. Bitter and unforgiving people. So when you see somebody who is bitter, somebody who is is not happy with something that happened, that person is a potential candidate to be used by the devil. Satan is just sending offers that oh I want people to employ, I want to be. so the moment you become a bitter person, it's possible you will take that offer. Hmm. Frightening. Number three, insecure and jealous people. Insecure and jealous people. Hey. Oh my God. Number four. Fearful people. Fearful people. People who are always afraid. If you are somebody who is afraid, you can easily be a candidate used by the devil. Hmm. Number five. My God. Men of hatred. Men of hatred. Hey. Number six. It's getting tougher now. Witches. Witches. <laughs> Some people call them what? Red light. Mm. Witches. How many have I given you? Six. So number seven. Ungrateful people. If you are somebody who is ungrateful, you can easily accept that offer to become the deputy manager of the accusation school or something. <laughs> number eight. Head of department. Forgetful people. Number nine. I hope you are writing it down. That's why I'm giving you the point. Number nine. Hard-hearted people. Hard-hearted. Stubborn, stubborn. You are stubborn. I can't say stubborn because stubborn looks very normal. You are stubborn. It's like the, your, your, your heart is hard. Stony heart. I usually it's a type of people who are stubborn, hard-hearted. In nonsense. Employee. Number 10. It's interesting now. A person with a melancholic temperament. A person with a melancholic temperament. Number 11. Some people are thinking. A phlegmatic temperament person. Or a person with a phlegmatic temperament. <clears throat> Number 12. A disloyal person. A disloyal person. 
Number 13. Number 13. Your enemies. They, they are the outright. So look, if you, if you know somebody as your enemy, I'm telling you, that person is, he doesn't even have to send his CV. <laughs> I mean, protocol is just, he's just an accuser. Anybody who has an enemy, your enemy will just pick on you. Anything that comes up, he will use it against you. And you must know this. Hmm. Hey. Number 14. People with something to cover up. Hmm. People with something to cover up. And the last point I'll give you today. Number 15, which is very sad, but it's true. Mentally unwell people. People who are mentally unwell. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think about that? Are you ready? Yeah. So I'm going to be reading some few things and then explaining. Like I said in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8. You know, this scripture is very important. You see, for those of us who've been enjoying the flow prayer meetings this week. This week, you could see how the prophet picked the final quest and began to read from it. What he was doing is that he was reading and explaining. NLT, Nehemiah 8.8. 8. So they read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Do you have NLT? You don't have NLT. Let me read the NLT because somebody needs to hear this. Maybe last week you missed it. What do you think about that? Nehemiah 8.8 in the NLT. It says that very important for you to get it. So that they read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read. So as prophet was reading he kept explaining and leading us to pray with the meaning of what was being read. Helping the people understand each passage. This morning I enjoyed him so much. Helping the people to understand. So, there are times that the one who was used to write the book, the anointing that was on him and the revelation that was coming, if you were to just pick just some points and then explain, it wouldn't come out well. So you would need to read it and then rather explain. And so that's what God is leading me to do for this past two weeks. And today I'm adding on. So I'm just reading and explaining. And I'm praying that God will help you to get revelation. Hallelujah. And so, I want us to look at this. Point number one. Hmm. Evil men. Listen, it is said that it takes a thief to catch another thief. Usually evil people know how the evil mind works. Innocent people do not have the slightest idea about many possible evils. It is when you are corrupted that certain ideas even occur to you. Is it not true? I'm asking a question. Is it not true? It's true. Sometimes I hear people accusing others of things which I find absurd. How could they even think of such a thing? I ask. I'd be like, can you imagine? Yet, some of these accusations are proved to be realities. 
Many times these ideas come to people from experience. You see, when you have used your office to steal millions of dollars before, you know that large amounts of money can be stolen by politicians. You will not find it unusual to suggest that someone will steal such monies. Is it not interesting that it was Judas, the thief, who pointed a finger at Christ for not caring for the poor? And this is the way to know the evil men in your midst. They seem to spot evil. The evil men, they seem to spot evil and accuse quickly because they themselves are evil. So some of you are looking at me, you are, you are, you are dangerously evil. In John chapter 12, from verse 4, hmm, hey. Bible says that, then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bore what was put therein. You know, in Titus 115, Bible said that to the, to the pure, all things are pure. Is it so? When you see somebody who easily would accuse somebody, that person is usually like that. Why does it even occur to you that when you saw the brother and the sister, it means that they are going to have sex? It's because you are like that. You are looking at me. It's because your mind processes like that. That is why Satan, he has succeeded to put a lot of his seeds in us. Most of us have been affected by these seeds that Satan has put in us. In preparation for his employing you to become his employee as an accuser. So you can imagine maybe a young lady who had had such a seed in her and then she goes to marriage. That's why there are some movies you don't have to watch because as you are watching, what you don't know is that Satan is giving you ideas that, oh, is that how husbands treat their wives? And so when you find yourself married and a situation like that begins to come up, it's almost like this is that. And then you begin to think like that. And then you begin to use it to accuse something that is not really the case. Though it could be. So what you didn't know is that right from the day you watch the movie, you have become an evil person. Until the day that you are, you are, you are to display it. You get the chance to display it. So most of us are employees of the devil without even knowing. That is why the prophet this morning was leading us to pray. Most of the things he was praying, for me, I could see myself in it. That look, there are some wickedness, there are some evil that are in us that we have to let God flash away. There, there are some people who have been had, had experiences, just pornography has affected you, but you don't know. You don't know what pornography has done to you. Yeah. And it's common amongst modern day generation, young people. A lot of young people are immorally problematic. 
The atmosphere is quiet. Number two. Bitter and unforgiving people. These people have suffered many hurts and pain. They therefore trust no one and expect no good thing from anyone. Brother Richard. Some people who come out of bad relationships become the wildest accusers of their future partners. They have no trust. Because African leaders have looted the treasuries of their nations, Africans generally do not, generally they do not trust their leaders. The best of leaders are met with numerous accusations about their lives. It is difficult to lead an army of suspicious and accusing people. Very difficult. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 5 and 6. 1 Samuel 35 and 6. Hmm. It's so sad. My God. Look at your neighbor in your house and tell your neighbor, this word is heavy. 1 Samuel 35 says that, and David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam and the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him. Why? Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. The people were accusing David. They were hurt because when they went for war, most of the families that they had left behind were attacked. And they become bitter. What is it that you have gone through that seems to have hurt you so much that you have not allowed yourself to be healed? Today I'm telling you, if you don't allow yourself to be healed, you would easily become an accuser. You will be Satan's main target as the best employer, employee for the year. <laughs> May easily have the employee of the year award, isn't it? Notice how David's men thought of stoning and attacking David. These men were hurting and grieving men. They were ripe and ready to become accusers. I pray for every heart that has been hurt. Maybe somebody disappointed you. May the Lord heal your heart. I said, May the Lord heal your heart. I said, May the Lord heal your heart. Hallelujah. Number three, if you wrote it down, insecure and jealous people. People who are not secure in their positions tend to attack anything that comes around them. An insecure female dog which has littered will attack anyone who comes near her puppies. She feels a threat to the lives of herself and her children. Insecure senior pastors attack their associates and accuse them of disloyalty and unfaithfulness. Insecure husbands and wives constantly accuse their spouses of having an interest in other parties. Often, the husband or wife is jealous of how their partner seems happy in the company of others. What I'm saying is it not true? This actually generates jealousy and insecurity. An insecure head of state constantly fears being overthrown. He is constantly spying on people and accusing those around him. He may execute some members of his government from time to time to discourage Mithenius' ideas from growing. 
one pastor was transferred and for the first time had the job of heading the church and relating with all sorts of people. One day, his wife freaked out and accused him of being in love with the worship leader. This pastor was so shocked at the accusation that he almost had a fit. But his wife would not relent. Unexpectedly, she asked him, Tell me, are you in love with her? And she continued, Come on, do you love her? I need an answer now. Her husband was bewildered. But she continued with the confrontation. And she said, You should see the way you look at her. She hammered on. You should hear your voice on the phone when you are talking to her. One day she said to him, I know you are having an affair with a married woman. And you know what I am talking about. She was convinced. She, the wife, was convinced that he was in love with her. With this woman. Sadly, this outburst marked a major downturn in this minister's marriage. All the negative effects of accusation played out in the marriage which had hitherto been peaceful. This is how insecurity becomes a problem for marital couples. In the ministry, honorable men are sometimes accused in private by their insecure wives. I do not blame you if you do not understand these examples. The Pharisees were insecure because Jesus had a huge following. They sought to destroy him because he threatened their very existence. I am even sad to say that there are some wives who are insecure about their husband's prosperity. There are some husbands who are even insecure about their wife's prosperity. It's it's not only one-sided. There are some husbands who accuse their wives. It's a shame on you if your wife sleeps and then you're going to take her phone and begin to check. Oh no. They are disgracing all of us. The hypocrisies of the Pharisees were exposed by Christ. Even Pilate could see through their insecurities and jealous accusations. But Pilate answered, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? In Mark chapter 15, verse 9 and 10, Bible says, For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. This is Pilate. For he knew that the Jews had delivered Jesus. Why? Because of envy. It's so sad. And you see, this this particular point is very, very important. That is why you must be smart enough. That is why as you grow in the Lord, it's not everybody you must allow to come into your domain. Don't allow some type of people who would want to just make news of the way you do your things, whether they are called journalists or what, what you do, be careful. Because sometimes, they already secure people who are working as journalists. Ooh. And even in the church, there are a lot of people who are insecure. Jealous. You know, Cain and Abel, they were brothers. Bible says that one day they decided to give an offering. I don't know whether it was a special kwesi offering or kwesi anama offering or kwesi anama offering or a special offering day. 
The Bible says Abel, Abel had his offering, Cain also had his offering. And then somehow God respected Abel's offering. But Cain's no. And then Cain got angry. He was angry. The heart come that I also give an offering and then God did not respect mine. And Bible says that he became jealous of his brother. So the jealousy started from somewhere. Sometimes people in church are jealous just because they are not doing their best. Somebody has decided to do her best, decided to do his best, and you are not doing your best, and you have become jealous. And most of the people who become jealous, they are the same people who begin to accuse. Oh, this message is uh, ho ho. Oh, me, I don't know why they have allowed this sister to be singing. I think that that sister and the pastor, they have something they are doing. Oh. Oh. It's common. Number four. Fearful people. Ah. A good example of an accusatory person is the servant who was given one talent. If you remember in the Bible. He accuses master of being hard and of reaping what he did not sow. However, the root of these accusations eh, was revealed when he said, I was afraid. I was afraid. Well, asomua, the real thing was that you were afraid. It was the fear that he had that was now showing in his saying that, eh, I know you are a hard man. But the real thing is that you were afraid. And Bible said that, and I hid the talent in the ground. That's what he said. His fearful spirit made him attack his master with accusations. When you read Matthew chapter 25, 24 and 25, Bible said that, then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man. That is the accusation. You are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid. You see, so as he was accusing him, he, he didn't know that in his talking, he was going to reveal the real roots of his problem, which was the fear. He was afraid. A lot of people are afraid, and because you're afraid, you become a potential to accuse others. Why are you afraid? Job said, the thing that I feared is come on me. These are people who harbor the spirit of fear. Such people are fearful of many possible evils. They are constantly expecting the worst things to happen. Such people tend to accuse those around them of something very bad. They may accuse their best and most honest workers of stealing. They may accuse their husbands or their wives of having affairs. The great fears they have in their hearts are manifested through accusations. So sometimes people actually pick on people because they are afraid of doing what they are doing. Yeah. If you are afraid to marry and you don't come out to say that you are afraid to marry, you can easily accuse people who are married. So what are you afraid of? You have to work at it. Fight it. It is said that Jesus said, do not be afraid. Or fear not. Many times whilst he was on earth. Fear not. I'm here to encourage you. One of the ways not to fear 
is to allow your faith to increase. So have the word of God enter into you more. Keep listening. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you keep increasing your faith, your fear goes down. So the less fear, the less the potential for you to be an accuser. Am I talking to somebody? Sometimes you find yourself in a workplace and then maybe your boss has given you an assignment and you don't know what to do and because of that you're afraid. Look, why don't you talk to somebody who can help you, to help you. As against in your fear, you now begin to begin to see that person who is a potential to do what you cannot do and they begin to accuse the person. Eh? I know that these particular tribes, that's how they are. Oh, why are you talking like that? Why are you talking like that? Hmm. Men of hatred. Number five, men of hatred. And my time is almost up. Bible says in John chapter 15 verse 25, But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled, that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. John 15, 25. They hated me without a cause. They hated me without a cause. And this is Jesus speaking. They hated me without a cause. They hated me. I, 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 I'm hearing the same words. They hated me without a cause. Hey, when you meet someone who is hate, has hate against you, Charlie, I think you have met Satan himself. And it's very worse when, it's worse when you meet somebody who hates you for no cause. What have you done? What have I done? Uh, why, why do you hate me like that? Why don't you? You just want to see me. Sometimes people are like that because of what they have seen before. Because of what they have experienced before. You sometimes will hear that somebody wants to marry. Your parents will ask, from which tribe? Say, from this particular tribe. No. Don't bring him. Don't bring him. But why? Because something had happened when his grandmother was alive. And that thing had to do with where this person is coming from. And the hatred now begins to disseminate into a form of accusation. So that something has a potential to work. Your daughter has brought a brother who comes from this tribe. Maybe he's a gun or he's an airway. And because you, mom, you have experienced something that you didn't like and you have hated against the guns or against the airways or against the shanties or whatever, now you are actually making your daughter begin to have a feeling that this relationship is wrong. Whereas you'll be sure that that is the relationship that is right. What are you having hate about? The only thing as a believer you must hate is sin. And the devil. But you're not supposed to hate a man. Whoever has hatred in him is a murderer. Accusations are manifestations of hatred. Satan uses people who hate you to accuse you. Your accuser is the one who hates you most. The hatred that politicians have for one another is manifest through the accusations they hell at each other. Is it not true? Please do not say you love someone whom you accuse. You do not love him. You hate him. Because you hate the one you accuse. Hmm. Number six. Witches. I cannot finish preaching without mentioning some points. So let me finish. Some of the things I just have to, 
I, I just can't imagine I've finished without saying this particular point. Witches. <laughs> and it's the shortest. Witches. We'll meet them online. Now this one, this one, they are coming physical. Witches. A person, listen, listen carefully. A person with a controlling spirit. Look at my face. It's a witch. A person with a controlling spirit is a witch. Accusations harass and threaten God's servants, God's children. Accusations are perfect tools to control great people. A witch is someone who has realized that she has this power to twiddle people around her thumb. She controls people and makes them do things they would not have done. I'm saying she, but it can be a he. She wields this power through relentless accusations. A minister complained that he no longer felt free in his home. Witchcraft had modified his domestic behavior. He told me how he had, he had to always hide his phone from his wife, who would search through the phone for incriminating text messages and evidence of questionable phone calls. And I am a pastor. I am also a counselor. I have had several of such situations come before me. And in the end, he became a fugitive in his own house, running to answer calls in private and rushing about to ensure that his phone was not available for inspection. This controlling witchcraft had converted a normal husband into a strangely behaving man who lived on tenter hooks in his own home. One day a friend living with him noticed the tension surrounding his handling of the phone and asked, Brother, what is wrong with you? And he said, My wife. My wife. My wife changes me with various allegations. The other night, she accused me of being interested in someone. She confronted me and said, Can't you leave that girl alone? She continued her barrage. You speak to her first thing when you wake up and she's the last person you talk to before you go to bed. He lamented, I have no such interest and God knows my heart. I've never had anything to do with any lady and God knows my heart. And this lady was trying to control her husband's life, relationships and even his use of his phone. Through horrible sounding accusations, she tried to deter him from calling or speaking to people. It takes a strong person to see through these accusations and not be confused. Jezebel sent a frightening message to Elijah, the man of God, the prophet, about how she was going to kill him. This was a form of accusation. Elijah was under threat for the lives of the 400 prophets of Baal who had perished under his ministry. Jezebel, the named witch, the named witch in the Bible, harassed the man of God in her day. Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 2, he said that then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me, and more also if I, Jezebel. <laughs> 
Charlie, there are some ladies who. Hey! I tell you, there are some wild ladies. Look, one day a lady came to my office and she. I don't know the word to use. She whimpered me. Whimpered me. Yeah. Who do you think you are? And she put my title aside. I said, you Christian, who do you think you are? I had to walk her out of the office. What have I done? What was my sin? He said, when I'm preaching, my preaching, um, it's, it's reward. It's, 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 it's heads. It's choking. Is that the reason why you have to come to my office and attack me? So I walked her out and when she moved out, I don't know what happened, but I just sat down and I realized that I had met Satan himself because virtue left me. Less than two, three minutes, I had somebody came to tell me that this auntie had fallen down somewhere. And I saw that's the beginning. Look, Jezebel is around. There are a lot of sisters who have the spirit of Jezebel. There are even brothers who have also contacted the spirit of Jezebel. Why do you become somebody who controls people and then twiddles them in your tongue? Why? She controlled her husband with her words and her actions. Jezebel, his wife said, is this how you act as king over Israel? There are some questions that when your wife begins to ask, what you don't know is that he's trying to confuse you. You know, this morning when the prophet was reading the final quest, one of the things that he said of this wife was able to get the husband to do everything just to please her. And that is a Jezebel spirit. No wonder she had to be taken out first. Anybody who has the spirit, if you don't change, God will take you out. Because that's what happens. You cannot spoil God's church. Get up and eat. Cheer up. I'll get you the vineyard of Nabal the Jezreelite. This was what Jezebel was telling the, the husband. The, just take your time. Leave the thing for me. I'll go and sort out that woman herself. Look, leave the ECG for me. I'll go and show them who. Hey! Sister. Take your time. Behave like a lady. There are some husbands. When their wives are there, they don't talk. And there are some wives, when your husbands are there, you don't talk. Why? Because there's something, an accuser around. That's why you behave funny. Do I have more time? Or my time is up? Number seven, ungrateful people. People who are not thankful for what they have received often have little restraint when attacking loved ones. I don't owe you anything, they say. The Israelites accused Moses of trying to kill them. They were not grateful to him for delivering them from Egypt. If you were thankful for the privileges that have come to you through certain people, you would never want your mouth to be used to rain slime, vomitors and feces on them. Oh, in my experience, I find that accusers are often ungrateful people with short memories. It's so sad. 
they do not understand how God was good to them through certain people. For example, they wanted to stone Jesus. A physical form of accusation without cause. In John chapter 10 verse 32, I will say that Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? So when you see someone who is ungrateful, that person has a potential to, to, to be an employee of Satan to accuse you. People who don't say thank you. You don't like saying thank you. Change. Some of you, you don't even sit down to count your blessings. Uh, what has Bishop done for me? What has Bishop Equine done for me? What has Reverend Talent done for me? You're ungrateful. What have they done for you? Every Sunday they were teaching. They are preaching and they are teaching. Our preaching and our teaching has made you sane. Oh, madam. The preaching and the teaching has kept you very cool in church. Otherwise, by now, you would have been something else. What have we done for you? There's so much that has been done. What has the prophet done for you? So what has the prophet done for me? What has the prophet done for you? Without the prophet, there's no lighthouse. Without the prophet, you are not saved. Without the prophet, you are not... What are you talking about? But you see, there are a lot of ungrateful people like that. And what has the church done for me? Even when we are going through COVID, the church has not done for, the church has not done something for you. And usually those are the people who stand somewhere and accuse the church. And this church, they are just there for the money. Ah! There for the money. And they are just there for our money. Look, all the buildings that we see all over the world, the UD lighthouse buildings, hey, do you know how the money's come about? Do you know the type of leader that we have that is leading us to have all this? That even places where people cannot, your monies cannot build a building, but somehow you have a building to live in. Are you not grateful for all this? Some of you, even your mother, you are not grateful for what your mother has done for you. If your mother was to tell you when you were a child, what she did for you. You always be sick and your mother would take you to the hospital. Sometimes she had to sell her things and get money to just sort out things. Today, you have gone to the university and you are not grateful. That's a problem. You are accusing your mom. That mom, I think that it is you who has a problem. <laughs> Since when did you get to know how to identify mothers that have problems. Hey! Let me give you the last one and I'm done. Hmm. I pray for ourselves. Number eight. Hmm. Forgetful people. The children of Israel forgot how they had suffered as slaves. So when you see somebody who forgets, that person is a potential to be an employee. Of the accuser of the brethren. They forgot the experience of passing through the Red Sea. They forgot how the armies of Pharaoh had drowned in the Red Sea. I'm listing the things they forgot. They forgot how bitter waters had been sweetened by Moses. They forgot the manna that came from heaven. They forgot about the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. They forgot how much gold they had carried out of Egypt. You see, all the things I'm saying is supposed to help you to begin to think, remember, 
Remember. Remember. Take your time and remember. Remember how your uncle used to help you. How your uncle would send money to you. Remember. Don't forget. Don't forget. You see, most of us, we have a problem. Pow! We easily forget. And when you forget, you become a potential accuser to the people who have been a blessing to you. They forgot how much gold they had carried out of Egypt. And so they complained and accused Moses of numerous unbelievable crimes, including evil intentions, murder, genocide, that is killing entire groups of people. Ah, the Moses who brought you out of Egypt, you are now accusing him that he's brought you here to kill you? What's wrong? You have forgotten. You have forgotten. You have forgotten that it was he who taught you how to preach. Look, I have not forgotten. I was taught how to do altar call by the prophet. I'm not lying. He taught me how to do altar call in his office in Kolegono. I didn't know how to do altar call. I don't know what I know today that I didn't learn from Lighthouse. That's why I, I don't forget. The spirit of forgetfulness, when it's trying to come, I just knock his head and say, go away. Because it is a mistake to forget. When you forget, you begin to have reasons why, eh, I'm not happy just because. But if you're always remembering, you remember what the Lord has used this person to do for you, you will not even allow the devil to come in to employ you and use you as an accuser. My prayer is that from today, you will be very sensitive even to the, the way the devil moves around looking for people he can use as employees to use them as accusers against God's servant. May the Lord deliver you if you have accused somebody before. May the Lord forgive you because sometimes you may not know that you have done something like that before. But God is merciful. Rise to your feet. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Oh Jesus. Would you want to pray and say, Lord, have mercy on me? Oh Jesus, have mercy on us. Wherever you are, close your eyes and pray. Just for a minute or two. Lord have mercy on us. Lord have mercy on us. Lord have mercy on us. The Lord is showing us Satan is not a good person at all. He's looking for people to use. If Satan is to get you, he will use you as an accuser. He want you to join him. I pray that God deliver me from evil. When Jesus was teaching us to pray, and he got to a point, he said that pray that the Lord would deliver you from evil. One of those evils is this that you will not be an accuser of the brethren. The people, the Pharisees, God's people that he had used Jesus to save, including some of the disciples, later turned out to become accusers of Jesus. The same people who were hailing at him. Some of them were the same people who say crucify him. This prayer you are praying, don't take it lightly. You are saying, Lord, you know you can be you can be well today, but tomorrow you may have changed.
the reason why some of these things you must take it very serious that's why I took my time to read from the book it's frightening it can determine you're making it to heaven or not very very frightening and I pray for a lot of young people because you see your future is supposed to be bright but Satan would do everything to want to spoil it how can such a beautiful young lady not get married and turn out to be an accuser what happened what happened how can a very nice gentleman now become the accuser in the midst of the brethren what happened lift up your hands to the Lord Heavenly Father we surrender our lives to you I pray for everyone that is watching I pray for everyone that is listening I pray for all those who are connected to the service I ask the Lord you show us mercy it is your will that we would live to please you it is your will that we would be conscious of Satan the thief who has come to steal to kill and to destroy it is your will that we will be conscious of him also as accuser in the midst of the brethren our prayer our God is that grant us the grace to be sensitive to these strange behaviors we never find ourselves being used by the devil even in our homes even in the church even in the workplace even out of home Father we pray help us Lord deliver us from being described as evil men may things that have the potential to make us have bitterness even never succeed in the name of Jesus I pray for every heart Lord heal and deliver in the name of Jesus Father I pray even for those who have been accused and because of that strength is gone do something new do something new in their lives today if you have been accused put your hand on your chest as I'm ministering this song my prayer is that the song will heal and comfort you in the name of Jesus do something new in my life something new in my life something new in my life oh Lord do something new in my life something new Receive a touch Jesus. Oh Lord. Sing it again. Do something new. Do something new in my life. Oh Jesus. Something new in my life. Comfort those that are down. Yes. Oh Lord.
last time do something new do something new in my life heal and deliver Lord yes Lord Satan to accuse you and make you feel bad. Jesus said he did not come to condemn you but he came that you would even have an encounter with him. That you receive him that you receive him you receive him life. He that has the son has life. He that has not the son of God has not life. You want to make it to heaven you must accept Jesus. Maybe you are watching with me you are watching with somebody who invited you and you don't know Jesus. I want to pray with you. So wherever you are, please close your eyes and make this prayer with all your heart believing that God is hearing this prayer by that you are becoming born again. Say this after me and I want the whole church to join. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. Please come into my heart. I be the Lord of my life. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. From today, I am born again. I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, listen to me. I will no longer serve you. I will no longer follow you. Jesus has set me free. And I'm free indeed. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus name Amen Father I pray for all those who have given their life to Christ Help us as a church to help them To be rooted and grounded in the faith In Jesus mighty name And somebody said Amen Wherever you are in your house Just clap for the word of God Hallelujah At this point I want us to take our communion So wherever you are Just get your communion ready I tell you God is going to bless you. As the Bible says that when Elijah had actually run and then hid himself under the juniper tree, what happened was God sent ravens to bring him food and he expected him to eat. He said that he should eat and journey in this, this might. So sometimes when we take the communion, what is happening is that God is giving us strength and might which will take us for another phase of our lives. We believe that anytime we take the communion For that week The Lord gives us the grace to go through And go through smoothly So by this communion my prayer is that God will allow you to go through this week of revival AA This is our revival week And we are going to go through some of the days We'll be fasting It will be days of convention Maybe a day, a, a week of stupendous miracles. Amen. A week when you're going to see the hand of God strong upon your life. Amen. And so get your communion ready. I tell you, we're going to take this communion. Believe that even if there's sickness in your body, the sickness will wither. In the name of Jesus, somebody say, Amen. Amen. Whatever attack 
that has come against you or is coming against you by this communion may it bounce back to sender in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus lift up your bread and say the body of Jesus now eat it there's power mighty in the blood the wine when prayer comes upon it turns into the blood of Jesus believe it these things they are real you know as we are in the season of Corona 19 Coronavirus 19 which is called COVID 19 listen you can't even know whether you have it or not but one thing I believe is that for those who are his those who are for God God preserves and protects through the blood when you take in the blood it flows through your body cleanses your body the blood has the ability to even wash your mind yes it has when the devil wants to attack you and he sees the blood he passes over you sometimes there's an accident that has been set up for a particular vehicle but because you are in that vehicle you are exempted May every evil that has been targeted against you because of this blood, may you be exempted in the name of Jesus. Lift up your cup and say the blood of Jesus. Please drink it. Let us pray. Father, I don't know why, but I enjoy this today's communion. I pray, Lord Jesus, that the communion will have its full cause in our lives. May people have testimonies that when I took the communion, I received strength in my bones. When I took the communion, I received strength in my knees. When I took the communion, that ache stopped. When I took the communion, by Monday, I was called for that job. But may there be countless testimonies because of this communion. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And somebody say, Amen. I believe you've been blessed for listening to this powerful message. For prayers and counseling, contact the following numbers. 0273-240-449-0540-7749-41. Stay blessed. Live like you.